Amen. Amen. Sharon, are you about ready? All right. Thank God we started without an intro because we were getting a lot of resistance from everywhere. And the nice thing about that is prayer can overcome it. Now, if I just get back to where I'm supposed to be. Sharon, you ready? We have a great testimony from Sharon Brockett here. And we all watched her walk through it. And she's going to give us about five, ten minutes. And she's going to share about how angels help us. Amen? I'd like to share today about something that happened about seven months ago last summer. Um, we had just changed our hours here where we were coming back every night after being here during the day. So I was kind of had a list of things I was behind on in the house. And so I leave here in the morning program and going home and get my list done, change light bulbs and clean house and wash clothes, <laughs> all of those things. So you're watching the clock, you know, to come back. So I get ready to run to my car and get back for the evening service. I can't find my keys. So I didn't really have time to look for them. I had an extra car key. But um, is that good? Okay. <laughs> I had an extra car key and I had a house key, so that wasn't a problem. But um, so we'll come in here and then I go back and look around in the places and retract my places I'd been that day. Couldn't find them anywhere. This went on for, this is in August, and I never take them in the house. I always put them in the same place. So I keep going back there, and actually it was my car. <laughs> so several here checked my car. They went through the whole thing. Now, this is going on for weeks. So, and God had done, when I first came to Water of Life, Terry Mide shared a testimony, and you probably all remember it, about losing his wedding band when he was painting a house, and God had showed him where it was, and some grass, you know, on the property there. And I'd heard that 20 years ago, and I had lost a ring right after that. And after eight days, God returned that ring. He had the girl that found it. He kept it that many days to take it to the jeweler I bought it from. And he recognized the ring, and so anyway, I got my ring back. So I knew that God was going to give me my keys back. So, but it kept going on and on. And as time goes by, you're getting frustrated and you're praying every way you know how to pray. Every prayer, anything that would come up. And I just said, Lord, I don't understand. Well, he had to deal with some fear because I'd lost them first. Because only the house, only two of the keys on those rings were mine. The rest of them belonged to someone else. And when I moved into the house, like in January of that year, after I'd been in there, the landlord was talking to him one day and he said, whatever you do, don't lose that key to the mailbox. That is the only key we have. Well, the key to the mailbox was on there. And this is a mailbox that's got a lot of pretty brickwork and ironwork on it. And I'm looking at that thinking, I can't replace that. I have to have my keys. So... You know those um, times when a friend speaks a strong word to you to encourage you, but you don't really see it that way because it happens to be one of those days when you're a little more tender around the edges than usual. <laughs> 
So frankly, I had to kind of just walk away and go pray. And uh, so I was going home that night. And it, to go back a little, when my, I talked to my daughter on the phone and my son, they was like, well, Mom, we got some days. We'll come and we'll, we know kind of your routine. We'll uh, look in the house and we'll look for you. So my daughter came and she looked through everything. We went cushions. Because finally I thought, well, maybe I did take them in the house. So um, they looked everywhere. I did too. So after the strong word, <laughs> I, said, I was going home that night. And I said, Lord, I need my keys so you can bring them back to me. And out of my mouth, I said, you have angels. And I said, it doesn't matter where they are, because different ones are the way, well, you probably throw them away in the trash, and they're in the landfill. And so the testimony of God returning that passport at the Tel Aviv, to the Tel Aviv airport in someone's luggage, I think that was a trip that Doyle took some, a group on. That came up in my heart, and so that's what I said. You have angels. <laughs> and I said, and you know me. So have mercy on me and have him put it somewhere where you know I will look. So I get in out of my car and go to the box that has the light bulbs in it. Now my daughter had looked in there. My son had looked in there. I'd looked in there many times because it was right by the car when I pulled in. And I opened the, the top to this box and there's my keys. Now there's a lot of keys. So this should have been easier to find because it wasn't just like one key. Um, and on the top of these light bulbs in this box, those keys are spread out like they're on display. <laughs> I just stood there, I couldn't even speak. I just looked at them because <laughs> this had been, this had been many weeks now. So um, I just stood there for a while and then I just started jumping up and down and, and thanking God. And uh, then sent a little video to my friend. So, <laughs> so I just want to thank God for it because, you know, in Hebrews 1, I think it's 14, it's talking about angels. And it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent, to, sent for us to heirs of salvation or to be heirs of salvation? So anyway, I just want to thank God for it. It was a little different from the return of my ring. <laughs> Thank you. You know that that your ring, uh, uh, your ring was, you lost it, but it was stolen by a woman. Well, she found it where I dropped it. Yeah. She found it within. It was to an entrance to a mall. I had it in my pocket. Was putting on hand lotion, and so when I. I was in a hurry to get here. I, then I lived in Denton, was driving back and forth. So I was in a hurry to get here for that night. And when I jumped out of my car, it was in my lap. I didn't even realize I'd done that until I'm on my, almost to Plano. And um, so I called the jeweler the next morning and told him that I'd lost it. I said, I'm just, and so eight days go by. And uh, one night I come home from the service here and um, there's this message on the phone. It was like, Sharon, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. <laughs> you know, so, but it's like 10.30 at night, you know, the time I get back. So 
I said, he's got my ring. So I went the next day and, and I told him, I said, if someone found that and brought it in, I said, I'd like to give him some kind of reward. You know, he was like, don't you give that anything. <laughs> he said, she had no intentions of giving that back. And he couldn't keep it, but she brought it to him to clean and was going to have it, uh, assumingly, I guess, to sell it. It was a custom ring. So and that's why he recognized it. So anyway, he was like, don't you give her anything, you know. So. But God had her take that to the jeweler that I bought it from. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know what? But, but your first story about the angel. If that isn't a clear example of an angel helping us. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those that forget about that. And I don't remember how many times angels will help. I remember back when I was first coming to Water of Life. And my husband was working in a restaurant. I picked up, I, we were in need of putting the check in the bank as soon as possible. When he received it that day, I went and picked it up. Uh, we were going to put it in the bank. We couldn't find it. Couldn't find it anywhere. And two days go by, and, and I'm the one that lost it. And I went through the car over and over and over again, thought, fell down between the seats. I did everything that I could. I couldn't find it. And I finally, like Sharon, you're going to have to help me. We're going to have to either have them issue another check or something, but we need that check. And just out of the blue, I reached over and opened up the glove compartment box, which I do not use. I don't put stuff. I'm too short. I don't put stuff in the glove compartment box. And it was sitting on the very top. It was like, we have angels. And that story is just so cool. You look there again and again, and the keys weren't there. But this time, the angel put them there. I love how she said, she said, I don't need to know where they are. That's why I said it, it's not about. They're in the lake. Turn this back on. Sorry. Yes, I said it doesn't matter. It's not about where they are. It doesn't matter. You know where they are. That's it. Right. That's too cool. Now we are going to go back into uh, prayer. So if you will turn with me to First Timothy two, if you notice, we are becoming prayer warriors. Has any of you noticed your praying increasing? The strength in your praying increasing. You know, the, the, it says, it talks about women teach the, or, you know, experienced women, not older women, teaching the younger. I'm not going to teach you how to make a good apple pie. I'm going to teach you how to walk in the kingdom. You know, you can go buy an apple pie. Well, maybe not today, but you can. All right. First Timothy 2, verse 1. I exhort therefore, and this is Paul speaking, and he's speaking to one of his, his right-hand men, Timothy, and he's saying, I exhort, and that word exhort is admonished or warn firmly. So he's giving Timothy a command. This is what you've got to do, Timothy. He said, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All men, even the ones you don't like, even the ones that don't like you, even the ones that would prefer you don't even exist on the earth, we have to give thanks for them. And it says, for kings and for all that are in authority, 
And we can certainly do that right now because we have chaos in America. Oh, because of this virus. It says, for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For, there's that preposition, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. He wants us to do this. Brownie points with God when you do this. Good and acceptable to God. Now, we're going to look at today's supplications. We did this backwards, and that's really kind of uncanny for me. I'm one of those that I like the outline in point A, point B, point C, point D. I got A's in outlines in fourth grade. But right here, we are looking at supplications today, the very first one. Now, supplication is a prayer for a specific need, a specific need or a specific matter. Not general, but a specific need. And we're going to take a look at a couple. And they're pretty cool. I'm going to, one of the strongest. We're going to look at three of the strongest supplications in the Bible. And we're going to see how the interaction is between God and the person giving the prayer. If you will turn with me to Daniel 9. I remember when Doyle taught this prayer. I remember it uh, just like it was yesterday. It is very vivid in my heart about this prayer of Daniel. Now, I want to begin in verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, the seed of the Medes, which was king over the realm of the Chaldeans. And it's, it, it's, it's interesting. Daniel lived a long time. And he uh, worked as the prophet, as a prophet, as a seer in those days, under three different kingdoms. Three different. I mean, this man stood around for a long time. God had him there in three different kingdoms. And he was one of the ones that was taken to Babylon. So he went through Babylon, he went through the Medes, and he went through the Chaldeans. And Daniel here says that he was in the, in the kingdom of the Medes. And verse 2, in the first year of his reign, first year of Darius, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years where of the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seven years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now look at this. Daniel read it in the word. Daniel found this in the word. He found it in the word that Jeremiah wrote. So Daniel was reading Jeremiah. He wasn't just, you know, he read this in the word. And he read where Jeremiah talked about 70 years of desolation in Jerusalem. And at the time that Daniel's reading this, it is close to the end of the 70 years. And Daniel knows it. He knows it. And he's read this in Jeremiah. So we know that this supplication came out of something that Daniel read. Something he sees in the word. So verse 3, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications and fast with fastings and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. And I said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. And he goes on. I'm not going to read the whole prayer. But he goes on. I want you to see, he read this in Jeremiah. 
and he realizes it is coming to the end of the 70 years and God moves on him and he fasts and prays with these words in his heart and he prays, he made supplication unto the Father. If you will go to verse 17, I'm going to begin there. If you have time, and some of us have a whole lot more time than we used to, if you have time to go look at this prayer, it is an amazing prayer. Because this is one man, one man praying to God about something he's read. And he's bringing this to the attention of God. He's bringing a supplication, a supplication. A supplication is about something specific. And here Daniel sees about the 70 years. Here's where it is specific. And verse 17. Now therefore, O God, and you can read up to there. Hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications. And cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes, speaking to God directly. And behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications, our specific needs, our specific matter before thee for our righteousnesses. Isn't that beautiful? I'm not coming to you, God, because we're righteous. I am not coming to you because we're righteous. But I'm coming to you for thy great mercies. Now he read this in the word. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, hearken and do. Defer not. For thine own sake. Oh my God. For thy city and thy people. Are called by thy name. The supplications. Before God. The specific matters. The matter that he's bringing before God. Is this is in the word. It is 70 years. And notice. I want you to notice this. Daniel doesn't assume. That God is going to do this. He read it. But he's not assuming, he is praying. He is bringing it to God's attention. Do you see that? He is not one of those Christians that say, oh, it's going to be 70 years. I just have to hang out till the 70 years are over. Like some, oh, this virus won't touch me. I'm blood bought, bought, sanctified, justified. And, you know, no, this Daniel sees this and he goes to prayer. He goes to prayer and he brings this supplication before the Lord. And look what happens. Verse 20. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication, my supplication before the Lord, my God for the holy mountain of my God. And that's Jerusalem. Yea. While I was speaking in prayer. Even the man Gabriel. Whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning. Being caused to fly swiftly. 
touched me about the time of the evening oblation. God sent Gabriel. God sent Gabriel to talk to Daniel. His supplication, he read it in the word. Now go with me to Ezekiel 36. This is an interesting scripture. This scripture has been in my heart for a couple days, but I could not find it. I knew it was in here. I knew it was in the word. I couldn't find it, but yet it was in my spirit. And I'm like, Lord, if you want me to present this, you're going to have to tell me where it is. And I asked four people that I knew had some understanding you know, of, of the Old Testament. I knew it was in the Old Testament. Frankly, I knew it was on the right side of my Bible, right side page. But when you go through the prophets, there's a lot of pages. And, and I, told, I asked Dole about it, and Dole remembered it. Dole taught it. That's where I learned it. Dole taught this scripture. Taught from it. I remember when he did. I could not find it. And then finally, Dole and I, during prayer, I said, Lord, you're going to have to bring it to me if you want this taught. And I reached over to Dole, and I reminded him, we were talking about this yesterday. And I said, I cannot find that scripture, and it is in my spirit. And Dole thought for a minute, and I don't know if you saw him weeping up here. He started weeping. He said, it's inquire. Inquire. The word I, I was thinking required. It was inquire. Now, look at verse 25, and you'll see why God wanted this verse. And I'm going to go to Ezekiel 36, 25. A lot of us know this verse. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. This is for us also. It says, and I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. And I will also save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call for the, the corn. And will increase it. And lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree. And the increase of the field. That you shall receive no more reproach of famine. Among the heathen. And then shall you remember your own evil ways. And your doings that were not good. And you shall loathe yourselves. In your own sight. For your iniquities. And for your abominations. Oh father let you do that for us. Let you show us. Let you show us our heart to where we will loathe our own selves. It is good he does this. Not for your sakes do I do this, saith the Lord God, be it known unto you. Be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities. And I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and in the waste places shall be builded. We're watching that happen today. And the desolate land shall be tilled. Wherein it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say this land that was desolate has become like a garden of Eden. I don't know if you've ever read Tom, uh, Mark Twain. But he went to Palestine, and he describes Palestine in the 1800s, and it was this. 
It was desolate. It was a desert. And, and Mark Twain even remarked, I don't know how anybody would want to live here. He said, it's dead. It's, it's, it's dead. It's a desert. There's no life here. You know why? Because it was given to Abraham. And Abraham's children weren't in it. It was given to Abraham. And Abraham's children weren't in it. So it was desolate. It was waiting for his children to come home. If you look at Israel now, it is not desolate. Doyle said when he, he, did, when he first went in 1974, he said he had no desire to go to Israel. He said, but when he got there, the one thing he noticed was the beautiful roses. The roses. The land is being tilled. It is raining in Israel. If you have been reading, it is raining. And not only that, but the Dead Sea, believe it or not, the salt, the Dead Salt Sea has fish in it. Just like it is prophesied in the Old Testament, the prophet said there'll be a day, there'll be fish in the Dead Sea. Well, guess what? There's fish there. And they are in pockets of, um, what do they call that? Uh, 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 sinkholes. There are actually sinkholes in the lake, in the sea. And the sinkholes are filled with clean water. And the fish are hanging out there. God said it would come to life. If you've watched the, the, the wild, beautiful wild flowers have been dormant for decades, are coming to life with the rain that's in Israel. Wise people are coming home. His people are coming home. They're coming back to their land. And it talks about it here. And they shall say this land that was desolate is becoming like a garden of Eden. And the waste and the desolate and the ruined cities are becoming fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, built the ruined places and plant that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. And this next verse, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. They're going to have to ask. They're going to have to ask. He has all these good things, but they're going to have to ask. That's what supplication is. Asking for help in a specific need. It said, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. To do it for them. I will increase them like men, like a flock. Isn't that beautiful? So now we know that one Daniel saw it in the word. And here God is requiring Israel to ask. And as we watch Israel blossom, we know they're asking. We know they're asking. We know they're asking. And I want to show you this about them. Go to Zechariah chapter 12. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, and I was sharing it with Dole, and he said this was one of Lydia Prince's favorite also, and I can see why. All right, Zechariah 12, verse 10. Let's go, let's start in verse 9. And it'll come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come up against Jerusalem. And here, verse 10, and I will pour upon the house of David 
upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, I will pour upon the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace, the spirit of grace, and the spirit of supplications. God pours out the spirit of supplication, a spirit of prayer. If you've ever had that spirit of prayer on you, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It is a beautiful spirit, and you can't help but to pray. You can't help but, but to ask. The spirit takes the vessel over, and the spirit uses the vessel's mouth, and out comes an outpouring to God, and he is there to hear and he does it he does it he opens the heart he puts the spirit of supplication in the vessel prays the prayer and God hears it is a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing father pour that spirit of supplication on this house. Pour that spirit of supplication on this house. You have heard Dole in the last couple days ask God specifically for a spirit of, what is it, um, uh, uh, godly sorrow. A spirit of godly sorrow to lead to repentance that does not need repented of. You've heard him pray it. That is a supplication, a prayer that God has given him, and he's praying it. Oh, that he does that with all of us, to get, pour out that spirit of supplication. And they shall look upon me. I love this. After the spirit of grace and supplication is poured out, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Who is that? Who is that? Jesus. That is Jesus. That's him talking. Beautiful. I will pour out and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him. One that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Why? He's birthing them into the kingdom. In that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem. As the morning of Hay Dad Rim in the valley of Midian, and the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart. Hmm. I wonder if they're in, uh, if they have to be in, in for the 14 day. What is that? What do we? What, what do they put you in? Um, isolation. Yeah. For the wives apart, and the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart. And the family of the house of Levi apart and their wives apart. And the family of Shemaiah apart and their wives apart. All the families that remain, every family apart and their wives apart. A spirit of, of, um, of supplication. Now, turn with me to Philippians 4. Those are grand things. Those are strong things. Those are deep things of God. Oh, they're beautiful. And now, Philippians 4, 6. It's also for us. It also is for us. We've read this before, but I want to read it. I want us to understand supplications. It says, be careful for nothing. That word is anxious. 
right now with all the restaurants closed and all the malls closed and all the stores closed and all the bowling alleys closed and all the fitness centers closed. Everything's closed. It says be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, asking for a specific need with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. So you're asking for the need with thanksgiving. Why are you being thankful? Because he's going to bring it. He's going to bring it. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Let him know what you need. Just like Daniel, he read it in the word, but he prayed anyway. Why? That spirit of supplication. If you need something, you're going to have to ask. Ask. Joel had a, a couple here that, uh, way back in the 80s, early 80s, and they, they stopped by the church. They were on vacation in a car, visiting, traveling in a car, and they stopped by here in the church because they had lost the man's wallet, all the money in it, everything in it, and they stopped by here in the church to get some help. And Joel said, have you tried praying? And you know what the man said? He said, well, we don't want to trouble God with something like this. And Joel said, you mean to tell me that you don't think you ought to pray about this? What do you consider trouble? You lost your wallet, your driver's license, all your money, your credit cards. I'd say that's time to start to pray. Ask and it shall be given. Have you ever read that? Ask and it shall be given. Have you ever read that? The scripture cannot be broken. Ask, and it shall be given. You have a need, ask. We shared yesterday about my son, who has no job right now. He's a, you know, he's a wait, wait, uh, he was a waiter. They shut the restaurant down. They're not doing takeout. They're not doing delivery. They're not doing anything. It shut down. And I shared yesterday how God provided everything he needed with one day. Why? Because the day before he started to pray. God bless him. You know what I say? Thank God it happened to him. You say, I don't believe that. Yes, thank God that happened to him. Why? And he'll tell you, it got him off his tush. He spent the day praying, and the next day, everything he needed the day before was, was brought to him. And yesterday, yesterday, the restaurant called him up and said, John, we got too much food here that's perishable. Bring your truck, get some. Now this restaurant serves high quality food. All organic, all good stuff, all grains, all that, you know, all that stuff. He came home with a, uh, what is it, a beef roast. Like this. I mean, he came home with all this food. Why? He prayed and he asked. He asked. And God says, you ask, you're going to get. And you're going to get exceedingly above and beyond all you ask or think. That's a supplication. Father, I need this. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. I get thanks. I get thanks. Father, I thank you. 
I get thanks, Father, I thank you. Does anybody need prayer? I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. Father, I get thanks. Father, I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. 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 I thank you, Father. I thank you. Father, 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 I thank you. Lisa, this is for you. I'm going to pray for you. Lisa in Indiana. The Lord wants me to pray for you. Father, I thank 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 you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Father, I thank you. I get thanks. Father, I thank you. Father, I break the power of the devil over Lisa now in Jesus' name. Father, I break the devil's power over Lisa in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her now in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her in Jesus' name. I break that spirit of oppression over her in Jesus' name. I break you. I break your power. 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 I break your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love it, ladies. I love it. We are going to become lean, mean, praying machine. And we're going to get some people healed and delivered. Amen. See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.